Hey everyone, this is a serialized story, so if you haven't listened from the beginning, go back to episode one and start from there. Previously on Blind Landing. Svetlana Korkina. Korkina. Svetlana Korkina. She had the potential to become Olympic champion. I learned about the wrongly set height of the vault only after I made the mistake on bars. It ruined her potential for an all-around gold. Starting again would have been the fairest option. That would be way more fair than just, you know, tacking on an event and replacing that score. At the 2000 Sydney Olympics... During the women's gymnastics all-around competition, the vault was set to the wrong height. To address the mistake, officials let gymnasts redo their vaults. But for many of those athletes, their disastrous performance on the flawed vault had shaken their confidence. They went on to fall on other events too. Gymnasts wanted the entire competition to be started over. And when it wasn't, a number of them left Sydney feeling frustrated, saddened, and confused, full of unanswered questions. In our first three episodes, we mostly focused on the gymnasts. And now, we're going to turn our attention to the officials and what was happening behind the scenes. I'm Ari Saperstein, and this is Blind Landing. The untold story of one of the biggest mistakes in Olympic history. Episode 4 The International Gymnastics Federation, known as the FIG, is the governing body for gymnastics around the world. But not just artistic gymnastics. They also oversee sports like trampoline and acrobatics and even parkour. The FIG is the oldest federation for any Olympic sport. They've been running gymnastics since the first modern Olympic Games back in 1896. They make the rules for the sport, and they enforce them, too. I reached out to the FIG to try and talk with them about the vault controversy. So I emailed the federation with a bunch of questions, and in response, they sent me a 20-year-old press release something that they issued back at the time of the controversy, and a very brief two-sentence statement. You have one new email. Dear Ari, I regret that we cannot help you further, but you will understand that we deal in priority with the current issues. Federation International de Gymnastique. Because the FIG didn't answer any of my questions, I decided to try and track down some former officials who were involved with gymnastics at Sydney. After you sent me that email, I went back and I looked at the uh, entire all-around competition on YouTube. And I had a wonderful afternoon. I'm going to do a few more of those because you prompted me into it, so thank you. (laughs) This is Slava Korn. Slava was the president of the FIG's media commission at Sydney. So I was mainly in charge of uh, media, press, and television. Slava was a spokesperson for the Federation during the 2000 Games, giving quotes to the media on behalf of the FIG. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Hello. So great to talk with you. What's it like in Brisbane? Um, we're in the middle of winter, um, which means uh, it's 24 degrees and beautiful sunshine. 
That's Kim Dowdell. She was the gymnastics competition manager at the 2000 Games. And by the way, that's 24 degrees Celsius, so like 75 Fahrenheit. Now, it's important to note that even though both of these women worked as officials at the Sydney Olympics, neither Kim nor Slava were involved with making decisions about what happened on the vault. But they were able to offer up some insight on the Federation's thinking and what was happening behind the scenes at the Games. And the first thing I asked Kim and Slava was if they knew how the officials decided on a vault redo. Kim said there was a chain of command for dealing with issues. She said that, first, Alana Slater, the gymnast who figured out that the vault was too low, would have told the head judge who was assigned to vault. And then... That judge would have immediately reported it to the superior jury. And then I'm sure the superior jury probably took it a step further and consulted the jury of appeal. And between them, they followed the code of points. At that point, the FIG officials would have turned to the gymnastics rulebook, what's known as the code of points. In the code of points, there's always been a a statement, even to this day, if there's an apparatus fault, the gymnast has the right to repeat. Um, So that ruling really set the, the way for the decision there was an apparatus fault, so all gymnasts had the right to repeat if they so chose. And Slava Korn has the same understanding. I think, first of all, if something goes wrong and it's not the gymnast's error, we have the responsibility to give them the best possible chance to either make it up or redo it. And we've always had that as a, as, as a general rule. I wanted to read more about this rule. So I went online and pulled up the Code of Points from 2000. Let's go to Google, Code of Points. And I started to read through it. Let's see, page two, page Uh, three, keep going, page four, 56, 57, But I didn't see this rule mentioned anywhere. So then I pulled up the present day version of the rule book and nothing in it either. So then I started going down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Apparatus failure. Rule F-I. I'm searching the internet, searching, searching, still nothing. So then I go through the entire FIG website, like every section. Accreditation, code of conduct, code of discipline, code of ethics. I'm looking through dozens of appendices. Appendix to the code of points, World Cup rules, judges rules. And then finally, I come across this one document. Help, help desk? What does that mean? Let's see. Rights of the gymnast. Oh, oh, I think this is it. And right at the top is a list of reasons why a gymnast can repeat their entire exercise without deduction. And reason number one is apparatus failure or collapse. So like if the uneven bars fell apart, which once in the 70s actually did happen. And the apparatus has collapsed. Or more commonly, if something gets messed up with a gymnast's music on floor, the gymnast gets to redo the routine. But when it comes to the vault controversy at Sydney, there's just one problem with applying that rule. It's not an equipment failure. It's not like the the vault fell down. That's Kelly Hill. 
She was Elise Ray's coach at the Olympics. And Kelly says that no one ever gave them a reason for how they settled on a vault redo. But if it was apparatus failure, Kelly feels pretty certain the rule was being misapplied. That it was never meant to cover a scenario where the equipment was set up incorrectly. They said it wrong. That's a that's an official failure. That's human error. Kelly thinks that the FIG, under a global spotlight on live TV, in a situation they hadn't prepared for, applied the rule that was the closest match to the scenario, rather than evaluating the Sydney vault error as something distinctly different, something that might have merited a competition redo. I, looking back on it, do you feel like the competition should have been restarted? No, I don't feel that that at, at all. Kim Dowdle, she stands by the FIG's decision. That's my opinion. Of course, some gymnasts will say that it should have started again. Again, it's going to be um, an opinion. Of course, it's not just Kim's opinion. Not just the FIG's opinion, but also the Olympics and the Sydney Organizing Committee. All these authorities involved with gymnastics at the Olympics stated publicly at the time that the apparatus failure rule had been applied correctly and that the vault redo was the right decision. Right after the competition ended, the Russian Gymnastics Federation filed an appeal on behalf of their star athlete Svetlana Horkina. They asked for a competition redo. And their request, it was almost immediately dismissed by the FIG. But this formal appeal, it's really important because it shows that the FIG knew that athletes disagreed with the way things were handled. And yet... So, Alana, did you ever hear about whether or not the FIG did any kind of, like, investigation? Like, if they just figured out exactly what went wrong and how to learn from their mistakes and that, that no, kind of thing? No, not as an athlete. We certainly didn't um, certainly didn't hear about it. I Not that I heard that there was ever an investigation, but I would assume that they would always have done that. I think that the International Gymnastics Federation did not do anything in order to solve this situation, not to conduct an investigation, and not to punish those responsible. You might think that after the vault controversy, the FIG would do an investigation into what happened. But gymnasts Alana Slater and Svetlana Horkina say that they've never heard about any kind of follow-up on the vault error. In fact, no one I spoke with has ever heard about an investigation. And that was really surprising to hear, because a number of experts I consulted, a sports lawyer, a sports ethicist, a former gymnastics official, a historian, all told me that it's really the basic standard for the governing body of a sport to conduct an investigation when a major problem happens, such as setting the vault at the wrong height. Again, the FIG didn't answer any of my questions, including about whether or not they conducted an investigation. So even though it remains unclear if one happened, both Slava Korn and Kim Dowdle say that the vault controversy did prompt conversation and change within the gymnastics world. You know, mistakes are never acceptable. Never. Um, But what is even 
more unacceptable is when uh, you don't learn from those mistakes. So um, there was a lot of learning from that mistake and uh, that was then corrected. And they say that those discussions resulted in having new safety protocols. So um, we now have done over the years since that a lot more in terms of ensuring that apparatus is exactly the specifications. There is a full process uh, set up by the FIG where the FIG authority and the technical FIG technical authority go around and measure the apparatus um, in a lot of detail prior to each session of the comp starting. And that's a result of what happened at Sydney? I think that's a result of what happened uh, from Sydney. Those processes were put in place following Sydney and they've become more and more stringent um, over time. Lessons were learned. People began checking the vault more often and more rigorously because of what happened at Sydney. And the narrative that the vault problem at Sydney was just a one-off mistake, something terrible that no one could have predicted. That was all starting to make sense to me, based on everything I'd heard. Until I spoke to a gymnast named Maria Alaru. What she told me after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm I'm very serious when I say this. Could be a very big tragedy there. But we are lucky that was only many fault. This is Maria Alaru. And she's echoing the same comments we've heard throughout the series about how dangerous the vault problem was. Now, Maria's English is, by her own admission, a little rusty. So I'll be chiming in to clarify a few things she's saying. Few days before starting the competition, we have uh, official training. Maria is referring to what's called podium training. See, a few days before the all-around final, every country gets time to practice in the Olympic arena so that they can get acclimated to the equipment. Gymnastics equipment, depending on how new it is or what brand it is, might be especially stiff or bouncy. So, podium training is time for gymnasts to get a feel of things before they start competing. So, when the Romanians were doing their podium training at Sydney, Maria and her teammates went to go test out vault. And first, when I was in the front of the horse, I uh, refused to jump because something wasn't okay. So, she did a simple watered-down vault, 
just to play it safe. Because I want to be sure if I'm wrong or not, and to be sure that I, I'll, I'll be okay. After this, I was sure, very sure that something is wrong. So Maria told her coach, Octavian Ballou, that they needed to check the vault. I told my coach, and he was nervous, of course, because, you know, Olaro, you are crazy, because always you have something to say. And I told him, Mr. Bello, I'm very sure that, that something is not okay. They went back and forth like this, Maria insisting that something's wrong, her coach telling her she's mistaken. When Maria says that her coach was nervous, that's because podium training has strict time limits. And her coach was worried that checking the vault would be a waste of their precious few minutes on the apparatus. That's why uh, in that moment, Mr. Bell was very stressed that we don't have enough time to check the vault. But Maria says that one of her great strengths as a gymnast was her perceptiveness. And when she reminded her coach of this quality, finally, he relented. In that moment... um... I uh, I convinced him, and then we called somebody to check the horse. And of course, that uh, I have right, the horse was uh, down with five centimeters. Five centimeters. That's two inches too low. The story of the vault error in Sydney has always been that it was a one-time mistake. The word I've heard so many people say again and again is unprecedented. But according to Maria, the exact same mistake also happened a few days earlier. I think there's really no better way to explain just how surprising this story is than to hear the reaction of American gymnast Elise Ray when I shared it with her. Maria Olaru, so she said that the same thing happened for the Romanian podium training a couple days earlier. She says the officials came over five centimeters too low. At Sydney? At Sydney. Podium practice. Yes. Wow. Elise and I were talking on Zoom, and on the screen, Elise was kind of in shock. Remember, she almost landed on her head and neck when she crashed on the vault. To learn that a gymnast says she notified people about the same problem just days beforehand, that's... It's shocking. Now, I could not reach anyone who could confirm Maria's story. Maria said that she told her coach in the moment and that all of her teammates were watching as the officials readjusted the vault. And I reached out to her teammates and her coach, but none of them responded. But the lack of response might have something to do with the fact that Maria is not very well liked by some of these people. See, a few years ago, Maria wrote a memoir, and in it, she discussed abuse that she says she experienced in the Romanian gymnastics world. Maria criticized the sport that's like the NBA or MLB in terms of importance and legacy in Romania. In doing so, it made Maria not very popular with some of the people she used to train with. If Maria's story is true, it brings up a whole host of other questions. Who was the official or multiple officials that fixed the vault? 
was the incident documented? And most of all, considering all the safety protocols that are supposed to be in place, how could the same mistake happen twice in one week? Again, the FIG had no comment. They wouldn't say whether or not the incident was documented, whether or not it was reported to them, and if so, whether or not it was something they looked into. And that is why what Marie is saying holds weight. Because if someone makes a claim like this, you'd think a governing body would want to look into it and verify or debunk it. But that's assuming the FIG was aware of Maria's story before I reached out to them. And it's the kind of story they'd be aware of if they'd done an investigation. Did you ever get an apology from the officials for what happened? Oh, no. No. Nothing. No one apologized to me. I don't remember that anyone apologized from the International Gymnastics Federation. No apology and no known investigation. And also, the FIG has never offered any kind of explanation about how the vault was set two inches too low. Like, who was the actual technician that set it at the wrong height? Was it one person that made a mistake or a group of technicians? Who was responsible for checking the vault height before the competition? And was it checked? It's a mystery that nobody knows. Like, even as an athlete who said something, I don't even know what happened with how it was set up and how did it get there. When it comes to getting information after, it's just move on, move on, whatever. And... It goes back to the, the, the bigger culture issues. This is Angie Pfeiffer, the sports psychologist we heard from in our last episode. I mean, there's so many things that could have played out differently had they have gotten an apology. I mean, that would have been a step in the right direction to change culture. But culture is, it's so powerful. And if the culture is that the gymnasts themselves don't feel valued by the organization to receive information about what happened during their Olympic all-around final, like that goes back to problems deep inside the culture of the sport. You know, I'm a big, a big proponent of owning up to your stuff. Again, Elise Ray. So uh, that would have gone a long way, even if they couldn't have fixed it. And they couldn't have gone back and, you know, made it a different way. But, yeah, there's something big in that apology. Even now, 20 years later. Try for a minute to imagine what it's like to be Elise or any of the other gymnasts who fell on vault. You fall at the Olympic Games because of someone else's mistake. You don't think the situation was solved fairly, but you never get an explanation or an apology for what happened. How do you move on from something like that? On the final episode of Blind Landing. After Sydney, I wanted nothing to do with the sport. I wanted out, I wanted to be as far away from it as possible. Um, But that's kind of how life is, right? Like unexpected and twists and turns. That's next time on Blind Landing.
Blind Landing is reported by me, Ari Saperstein, and produced by me, Christian Green, Micah Kielbon, and Jessica Taylor-Price. Our translator is Luba Balajaeva, and our voice actor is Marley Feuerworker Otto. Special thanks to Ellen Weiss and Mia Zuckercandle. And thanks to our interviewees for sharing their stories. Before you go, one more thing. So, ratings and reviews are important for every podcast, but especially for shows like this. Blind Landing is independently produced and distributed by a really small team. All of us with full-time jobs working on the podcast in our free time, on nights and weekends. I know, literally every podcast asks for this, but... If you've enjoyed the story so far, and if you'd like to support indie storytelling, the best thing you could do to help us out is to rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. All you do is hit the five-star button on the show's main page, and maybe even leave a review if you've got a minute. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks.